Hello and welcome to another episode of On The Fly. I'm Sam Hull and today's guest is Amanda Dalmi. She is the Director of Sales Enablement here at Revenue River. The discussion is centered around sales systems. Only fitting that we have our foremost sales system expert um, to speak on the subject. Amanda and Eric dive in on how you can leverage CRMs and not just solely rely on a CRM within the right system to help optimize that system. The goal isn't just to create a working sales system, it's to create a revenue system, or as Eric states, an organizational growth system. The key is to have systems and people working symbiotically to increase and improve results. Amanda's depth of knowledge when it comes to sales systems and her dedication to innovating and improving how we go to market and, and how we can help our clients is, is inspirational within the, the Revenue River family. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it off to the experts to tell us more about optimizing sales systems. Hi, and welcome to another edition of On The Fly. I'm your host, Eric, and with me today, I have our Director of Sales Enablement, Amanda Dalmi. Amanda, welcome to On The Fly. Sorry to kill your way if you can finish <laughs> that if you'd like. Um, Amanda, our topic today, I've got the Director of Sales Enablement. So why don't we talk about sales systems? Would love to. Okay, let's talk complex stuff. Let's talk problems and solutions and all that type of stuff. When I think of sales systems, I think of CRMs. Mm. Um, I think of as a, a agency, how we support all that stuff. Um, so how would you describe a sales system? Do, is it just the CRM? Does it go bigger than that? Like, give me a little color on sort of defining what sales systems are in today's world. Sure. Uh, to your point, a sales system is much bigger than just the CRM. Uh, a sales system, to me, um, is the sum of all of the parts, all of the mechanisms, whether it's in the CRM or it's a process um, that the team is leading just outside of the CRM, or it's something that the marketing team is doing on their end. It's the sum of all of those parts, so it becomes more of a revenue system than yeah. just a sales system. Like an organizational growth system, if you will. Exactly. Um, but the sales piece of it is very important because the sales piece of it requires us to work with things like CRM and salespeople and stuff like that, and that's really what your department does, right? Absolutely. Okay. So... What types of environments do we sort of walk into? Like, what are some of like the core uh, situational type stuff that we solve through? Like they have this going on or they want to do this or they want to do that. Have you, I think you've narrowed it down to like three or four real core yeah. sort of scenarios that people face. Yeah. So I would say the four primary uh, situations we find ourselves in. Uh, one, they've been using spreadsheets, notebooks, post-it notes to manage their business. Mm -hmm. And in that scenario, we're coming in to stand up a system from the ground up, and that would be an implementation. Mm -hmm. Another scenario... So a fresh stand up is scenario one. Yeah. Building your CRM out for the first time. Correct. Okay. Yep. Uh, second scenario we run into, they're using uh, a CRM currently. But for whatever reason, that CRM doesn't meet their needs anymore. So they want to exit that platform and move into a new platform. And that would be a migration. An upgrade of migration. So there, it's, it's in our world, we call that a rip and replace, where we're ripping out a system and replacing it with a new and better one. Correct. And that requires a migration. Absolutely. That's okay. a, one element of it. We would never 
proposed replicating system for system, right? We would try to take the opportunity to optimize going into improve it as we move it because exactly. ideally you're leaving antiquated or legacy technology. Otherwise, you wouldn't be migrating. Right. You'll have new features and functions. New available. capabilities. Good. Yep. Okay. Yep. Great. That's scenario two. The third scenario, they're using a CRM platform that they want to maintain for the sales aspect, but they wanted to integrate with their marketing platform. Typically, we run into HubSpot, so we're doing a HubSpot CRM outside of uh, HubSpot Sales Hub integration. Okay, so, so for instance, like uh, I have Salesforce, and I'm adding HubSpot as my marketing software, Correct. and I need to make the two talk to each other? Yes. Got it. Uh, that can happen with all kinds of different pieces of technology, though, right? It doesn't always have to be HubSpot marketing or Salesforce. It could be multiple different types of CRMs, right? Yes. Multiple different types of marketing automation Absolutely. software. Even other systems that aren't marketing automation software, right? Correct. Okay, good. And that's the third scenario. What's the fourth? The fourth scenario, they like everything as it is, but they recognize that... Maybe it's a little bit stale or stagnant, so they want to come in with a fresh set of eyes and find opportunities to refine uh, any mechanisms or microprocesses uh, and optimize that. So optimization is the fourth scenario. So optimization number four is not only stale or stagnant. In a lot of cases, I think our experience is that it just hasn't been very well adopted and people also. aren't executing within it as is, right? So we need right. to improve things, which to me leads into bigger than system. It also leads into the sort of the segue into the team piece of things. Absolutely. Um, we do a lot of adoption training, right? We do. Okay. Talk to me about about how, how systems and people work together to really produce results, right? It doesn't matter what piece of tech you put them in. If, it, if they can't be effective in it, it's not going to work. Right. Do you find that the systems are too complex? Like, help me understand that. That's a great point. Uh, there's actually a study out there that shows that 75% uh, of CRM, CRM implementations fail not because of the tool itself, but because of the lack of adoption and proper training. Um, so it's not the software's fault. Correct. Uh, and so in that, we'll look at, from a training perspective, maybe different levels of competency, or is the system overcomplicated, to your point? Their can sales we, process, right? Can we dial it back? Yeah, can we Does, simplify an yeah. over-engineered system it's easy to into get in a light and loose and easy-to-use system right. so that salespeople will be more likely to adopt it? Yes. So it's not always that salespeople are just lazy or entitled. It's sometimes maybe the fact that it wasn't properly constructed and designed. Like, I think you guys do a lot on the architecture side. Talk to me about how you, you, you come up with the strategy for any of those four scenarios, how to build it for the salespeople. Yeah, so... It's very easy to design and architect these systems in a vacuum and, you know, what if it could do this and this would be so great. But we, in our process, try to narrow it down to maybe the three to five features or functions that we're really going to focus on for our launch. Don't we have a so word for that? MVP? Features of focus. Features of focus. Features of focus, yes. Uh, MVP is an important thing. That talks about not over-engineering, right? Exactly. Okay, so go we into wanna, that. We want to push it live as soon as we can so that we can start generating actual user information and data that we can use then to go back and tweak anything that maybe we didn't consider or... 
then we can just move into phase two if everything's working well. So optimization relies on actual use, not just continual iteration during build mode. Exactly. You want to get it live so that we can have people experiencing it at prospects and, and salespeople so that you actually make it better with data. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to just optimize or make change for the sake of change. We want to make it based on actual usage data. Okay. So a lot of design on the front side, a lot of understanding of what are the key features, what's the sales process, what's the desired end in mind, who are the users, what is the sale, um, how they define all of their criteria for how they do routing and stuff like that, um, uh, pipelines involved with that, reporting. Yeah. And we want to make sure too that the, the pipeline and the reporting is aligned with any sales methodology that they might have in place, whether mm -hmm. it's you know Sandler sales, spin mm -hmm. selling, mm -hmm. all the different methodologies that might be out there. We want to make sure that the system aligns to support that. To support the methodology that the salesperson is asked to behave. Right, within. because if it doesn't, then they won't behave the right way and you end mm -hmm. up with no adoption. Okay, so now how do you help adoption happen beyond that? Like now that they actually start using it, what do you build, make, or teach, or stand along? Like, how, how does how does a team like yours, a sales enablement team, stand alongside those salespeople? Sure. So we'll design a training program specific for them uh, that takes into consideration their competencies in the tech stack, uh, their regions, maybe um, sure. proficiency, and uh, also their team size too. If they have a team of forty, we're not going to try to get that everybody into one training session, right? Okay, so, so training sure sessions in general are, are part of it. Correct, training sessions, and we'll record those. We'll make sure that they're sized right so that people feel like they can ask questions along the way. So you record them and keep them. That way, if you have a new salesperson start a couple months later, you also have training materials, exactly. right? Exactly. We onboard them, get them up to speed very quickly. And references and resources for existing salespeople, yeah. maybe? Yeah, so we'll also build sort of an internal resource center. We call it the FAQ um, where we have, you know, how to add a contact, how to update the mm -hmm. lead status, when do I change the pipeline stage, and we'll have videos, uh, you know, screen recordings of that, cool, and text, so people can get the content however they prefer. Okay, um, I think another big piece of the modern sales system is not only the capability to sort of sort and rolodex and track deals, funnels, pipelines, and reporting, but it seems like the advancements around sales enablement, sales systems, CRMs, other pieces of software has really helped into more of like the enablement, like the production and productivity, the efficiency and effectiveness. Can you give some examples more on the how we empower salespeople to do the normal functions of their communication and job? Is that, is that's an element of it, right? Sure. Uh, once we feel like they've got a really good handle on how to use the, the basic features of the system, mm -hmm. we'll start to help them identify areas we can inject maybe some email templates or some sequences of follow-up that they are, you know, if we can identify some patterns of communication that they're going through time and time again, mm -hmm. just to make it easier for them. We'll make sure that they've got meeting links set up to make it easy for their prospects to book time on their calendar. Um... 
different kinds of reporting that help them figure out which leads or contacts they should be targeting. What I heard there is all like making me more efficient and making it easier for me to be a great salesperson from a salesperson's perspective. It seems like the, the, the buzzword there is like increase my active selling time. Don't bog me down with sorting through leads. Don't bog me down with a whole bunch of unnecessary, irrelevant steps. Like help me do what I know I need to do as a salesperson. Help me keep track of everything and help me do it quicker and faster so that I can do more of them, right? And that's how you close, uh, uh, reduce average days to close and and increase win rates and all that stuff. So in other words, you your strategic bet is that you can make my job easier and more effective. In other words, I would close more deals as a salesperson over the course of a year, say, and I would probably put more commission dollars in my pocket too, right? For sure. If that's, you follow the steps. That's compelling to me if as a salesperson. If you lean into it and embrace it. As a salesperson. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't okay, fight it. that's good advice. As a salesperson, I am very money motivated. <laughs> so if I want more money, embrace the system. Yes. Give really solid it. feedback, lean into it. Good. Good. Okay. So I heard, I have noticed rather lately that your team has been receiving all sorts of accolades, mm-hmm. all sorts of awards. Um, we have been on a tear on the HubSpot Impact Award front, specifically with both sales enablement type awards and integration type awards. Um, my favorite thing about those awards is what it really requires us to do is truly capture all the data and really, really tell the story. Um, can you give me an example of a recent award-winning story that we've written for one of our clients maybe and and the the short version of like what their challenge was what they were faced with and the high level of what we designed and implemented like why why that project was successful that kind of stuff of course yeah about uh, a year and a half ago Catherine McGavin of Emerald City Graphics came to us their print shop up in Washington uh, and everything was paper-based their printing company everything was paper-based And she had this amazing vision of digitizing everything, uh, bringing them into the modern age. Modernization. Absolutely. And uh, she had some some tools and technologies in place. What did she have in place? She had PandaDoc in place for the um, document generation. And she had HubSpot in place for the marketing and CMS elements. Okay. Uh, And she knew that if they could talk to each other we would be getting more value out of both platforms than either of them individually. Sure, uncork the capabilities of Synergy. Yes. So yep. we've been helping her do that? Absolutely, yeah. The, of course, PandaDoc and HubSpot have a native, native integration, uh, but their process, their business model required a much more complicated connection between those two systems. Like number of fields and complexity of the associations? Like give me some scale there, like how many fields or tokens or sure, yeah, features just a, of focus or whatever. Yeah, context here. Uh, on their deal records alone, they've got almost 970 properties that they're managing. So one print job comes in, they've got 970 pieces of information specific to that project that they have to manage. And the margin of error is so tiny they cannot make any risk of error on human input. So increased accuracy for sure. For sure. Okay. To their customers, that could crumble their businesses if they made one tiny error. Yikes. That seems like a lot on the line. Can you believe that Catherine trusted us with that much important stuff? I can. 
We're a trustworthy crew. I think um, you earned that trust, trust, right? Yeah. She didn't just like open the whole keys to the kingdom all at once. No, we went through not. phases here of, of growth and development. Yeah. And those just accumulated in, I think, the 2019 uh, Integration Innovation Award. Is that correct? Great Q2, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, great story, but we're not done there yet. There's more to do. Oh, so much more to do. Tons of opportunity. They have nine other um, entities in that organization that will benefit from the same level of Similar but different functionality stuff. and stuff like that. So there's replicatability and scale there. Absolutely. Imagine that. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's safe to say that when we get all this stuff going, um, a couple of things is, first of all, it can be really impactful really early, but it can also uncork additional opportunity and, and, and future work to be done to improve more pieces. You, you mentioned on like revenue enablement and organizational growth. It's more than just sales. Um, these systems are much bigger than just CRMs. They're growth systems and the ability to get everything working on course all kinds of different angles right yeah yeah this is just removing friction in you know maybe a portion of their business but once we get that going i think it will be great momentum for the rest of the organization good speaking of momentum we're going to end this thing with a bold prediction from you um do you have any predictions about the future of all of this stuff right like will uh where where will sales enablement sales systems digital growth all this capability and communication what's the future for this what's the impact or opportunity for businesses i think for the the businesses who can get it right who put the CRM at the core of their business and treat it as a core component mm -hmm. and make sure that they're building the rest of their business around that mm -hmm. with the proper support. I think that the, the potential for growth, um, the trajectory of that growth significantly will increase. It's going to hockey stick it? You uh, yeah. Okay, good. That's awesome. All right, all. That's it for us today on another edition of On The Fly. Thank you for joining us, Amanda. You've been an awesome guest. Thank you for Thanks dropping for a little me. knowledge on us. Absolutely. We'll do it again sometime. Um, uh, we'll see you all next time. Okay, and that does it for episode six. What an awesome conversation. Amanda came through and dropped knowledge bombs on us like she always does. We hope that you learned a ton from this. But if you do have any questions regarding anything that Eric and Amanda spoke about, please feel free to reach out to us at 303-945-4341 or visit us on the internet at revenueriver.co. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll catch up with you next time on On The Fly.